everybody. Coach Mel here in the studio today. How many podcasts have we filmed here, Josh? Is this our second, maybe third, fourth, Josh says? Welcome to Melfit Headquarters. I am Coach Mel. As you heard on the intro, I do wear many hats. I would probably, I should probably just sum it up in one snowball. I consider myself a health and fitness expert. I really do stay in my lane and I feel comfortable talking about anything um, health, fitness, and lifestyle. That's what this podcast is about, is all things health, fitness, and lifestyle. If you are watching this, if you are listening to this, I encourage you to go on a walk if you can help it. If you're inside and you have a piece of equipment, get out and move your body. Today we have a very special guest, Isaac Cunnington from My Sushi Sensei. And we connected about a week ago, and I actually had told Isaac that I only had 30 minutes. We ended up talking for three hours. Isaac is my tribe. We had an instant bond, an instant connection, um, so much in common. His business sense, his drive, everything about him, you're going to hear so many amazing things. So um, hang on for, for the interview of a lifetime. Um, we're going to kind of just let Isaac, I, I didn't really need to give him very much coaching or prompting on this podcast. He's a natural speaker, which is awesome considering the business it, that he's in. So welcome to the Melfit podcast, Isaac. Um, we're going to start out with, um, and I kind of said this off camera and you guys know this, uh, our, our followers and listeners and watchers is we like to make the podcast about 45 minutes to an hour to encourage people to move. So really take your time and tell your story. So tell us your backstory. Yeah. So I thank you so much for having me here. I'm really excited to be here. This is uh, a lot of fun. I love, love everything that you're doing. And yeah, yeah. That meeting went from 30 minutes to three hours really quick. And it definitely didn't feel like three hours, which was the That's, wild thing. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. So we're, uh, I'm Isaac. I own My Sushi Sensei and we are a private chef service that teaches people to roll sushi at home. Uh, we focus on sushi education rather than bulk delivery to give people the, the resources that they need to be successful uh, creating sushi so that they never have to settle for second-rate sushi. Um, my backstory really for sushi started back when I was in college. We, uh, my brother and I were going to college at University of Idaho, and he was working for the, an Asian fusion restaurant there, Red Bento, and I was broke, like flat broke. So when How he and, uh, I'm 29. But and how old at the were time, you? We were, God, we had to be 23. What? Yeah. What's the difference 23, in age 22. between you? He was 22. I was 23. Okay. So a year apart. Yep. Okay. And then we, uh, so he's invited me out to do, to experience the world of sushi as he called it. Uh, at the time I didn't even like sushi, but he needed server training because uh, he was getting in, he had to do like, he had this huge handbook that he had to memorize, which was wild. And I was like, okay, cool, sure. We'll go try all these different styles of sushi, even though I don't like any of it. And so we got there and we we're trying all the different styles and whatnot. And then true to true to form, I didn't like a single one of them. Uh, but we, we finished it, we got through all of them. And we we're like, this was 
this is great. This is great. We got to try all the different things. The deep fried one was the, that was the one for me. The oh, deep fried avocado. Exactly. My husband started out with the Las Vegas roll, oh, of course. Man. They called it a monkey brain, mm-hmm. which was terribly disgusting, mm-hmm. but it was so good. And um, that was the one thing, one thing I actually liked. But we, we got that bill back after he was done. And I was like, Oh my gosh. At the time, it was like $100. Which was a lot for which, sushi back then. Which was insane because I was a college student. I was spending like $100 a week on groceries. It was like top ramen most of the time, box mac and cheese on a good night. Yeah. And so when we, we spent $100 in a setting, I was like, this is, this is insane. And so I was like, Jacob, how do, we, how do we do this? How do we spend so much money? On so little food. I'm still hungry. And I didn't even like any of this. He's like, well, uh, he told me three things. He told me, you have to have the right rice. You have to have the right fish. And you have to spend 10 years training under a master before they'll even let you do it. And I was like... For this company? No, for... Period. To do any sushi. And he was a little bit misinformed. To become a sushi master, you need to train under another master for 10 years. Okay. But... To create sushi, anyone can make sushi. Yeah. And that's what I told him. I was like, no, come on. I could do this. Mm -hmm. There's no reason that we should be spending this much money on this little food. He's Mm -hmm. like, no, you couldn't. I was like, yes, I can. Mm -hmm. So I set out to prove him wrong. And that that was where the genesis of uh, my sushi sensei began. I went home, watched what felt like a thousand YouTube videos, went into different restaurants, watched their chefs hone their craft. Eventually, I consider myself learned. I taught him. I taught friends. I taught family. I taught pretty much anyone and everyone who'd sit down and listen. And then, I mean, long story short, everyone got laid off first round of the coronavirus, and I was I was among them. Um, and I was like, well, what am I going to do for the rest of my what, life? Wait, what field were you working in? Uh, I was actually in education. So I was working for North Idaho College, and I actually got a job at Fisherman's Market, which was a local sushi restaurant. And... Um, as because I was already doing it for fun, I was teaching classes. Why not get paid to do it? Which a terrible idea. <laughs> Never do that. If you got a passion, don't turn it into a job. <laughs> Keep what? it as a passion. What? <laughs> I, I told Isaac in our three-hour convo everything I've ever been passionate about, every hobby I've ever had, I've turned into a business. See, that's wild to me. Is being able to take that and turn. I mean, I guess I did do it. I turned it into my sushi sensei. It was working yeah. in a restaurant that I, I didn't like. Oh, okay. I was, we were working there and then everyone got laid off and we all thought, well, if this is going to be the new normal. We need to find something new. And I had just recently discovered that anyone could be an entrepreneur, not just the Donald Trumps of the world. And I was like, hmm, if there's ever a time to start a business, it's when you've been fresh laid off and why not start a... <laughs> Why not start a, a sushi business working in people's homes during a global pandemic? That's a, that's a solid move. Yeah, it was not super optimal. But we uh, made it work, and I've been furiously slinging sushi ever since. So it's been a couple years, three years? Uh, we're coming up on our three-year mark. Mm-hmm. Um, we started unofficially. We started in 2020 and then got the LLC fired filed in 2021 um kind of we're really just doing it as a side gig i've uh, got an event here got an event there um and then 
really got serious in the last six months. Uh, and we're really pushing right now. Who's, who's we? Uh, so right now we've got a three-person team, technically four, but uh, it's myself, uh, Jeremy Rainier. Uh, he's uh, our other instructor. Molly Buell has been handling our social media and absolutely crushing it. So if you see anything cool on social media, nice. that is not me. That's 100% Molly. <laughs> well, if uh, it makes you feel any better, Josh doesn't do our social media. I do. <laughs> yeah, it's not my area of expertise. But uh, then we've got Wyatt, who has been helping us out on the side. And we've got a, a ton of other people who have pitched in here and there, helped us with business stuff, helped us with sushi stuff, helped nice. us with the actual education, and kind of brought all of this together. So you'll always, always hear me say we, not yeah. I. I say we, right, Josh? Yep. <laughs> and that's, that's really important to me, actually, is it's never a one-man show. There's always other people. For so sure. I, I get that question a lot. They're like, who's we? Yeah. I don't see sure. anybody else here. Yeah. It's like, well, for yeah. sure. Yeah. You don't you can't do it by yourself. Uh, and your we could also just be the people in your lives who support you and, you know, want you to succeed. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and that's that's a huge piece of it. Making sure that you've got that that backing mm -hmm. so that you can go out knowing, hey, someone's got my back. Yeah. I can go out here and take this enormous risk. Mm-hmm. And know that if it does fail which they do that someone someone's got my back when i when I come has anybody out. uh directly said to you that do you think you're gonna make it or are you gonna fail all the time how do you all how do you time. take that how do you respond to that it's it's tough and for me it's kind of just i'm gonna do it because i said i'm gonna do it and when people say well Aren't you worried? You don't have your, your 401k ironed out. Where's your retirement coming from? It's like, yeah, I am worried all the time. And there are things that spring up that seem like little tiny blazes. And then there are raging forest fires. Mm -hmm. But in the end, you have to have faith in yourself. And you have to have faith in uh, your, your people and your family. And faith in God. I don't know if that's something that you guys talk about, but Absolutely. it is. It is something sure. that's very important, and yeah. making sure that like you can't do it by yourself. No, you can't. So when people ask me, "Well, aren't you scared? Aren't you yeah. afraid? Do you think this is actually going to work?" Yeah. yeah, I tell them absolutely. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind that we are going to tear the lid off yeah. the sushi industry. I actually thank those people because those those are my driving force people, and they always Same. have been in my mind. It's, and so incredible. Yeah. I love, I love, I, I guess this is an entrepreneur thing. I love to prove people wrong. Yeah. I'm like, no, nah, you can't do this. I, I feel like the Watch question me. comes from a uh, person who's usually insecure. Um, they actually admire you, although they're asking you doubtful questions. I feel like they admire you because you have the guts to take the risk. But uh, so right now is probably a good time to go into like, how did you get from going to college? Did you get a degree? What are your what's your background there? And how long did you practice that before you decided to be an entrepreneur? How did that affect the people in your life? I.e., your mother. I think I heard you talk about her. Yeah, yeah that was uh, that's a bit of a wild story too. So I, I've always my parents raised me to I had one track. You go to school get a degree, 
get a job with a pension, you work until you die, die happy. That's it. <laughs> right? And so, I mean, up until very recently, last five years, I was like razor focused. Boom. Went to school. Did running start. Went to NIC, graduated NIC, went to U of I, graduated U of I, record time. Not record time. I was pretty slow. But I like to tell people that. But it was, I got in, got out as fast as I could. I didn't take any extra classes. I didn't do anything for fun. I just like focused because get in, get out, get that job and Work get that pension. Yeah, get die. that pension going as soon as humanly possible because that's how it builds and scales. And then you die happy. Woo. And uh, so I went to school down at U of I, got my bachelor's of biology. Um, wanted to be a, a marine biologist since I was four years old. Is that something that you could do? I know nothing about marine biology, but is that something you could do in this area or would that have forced you to move? Uh, absolutely. You could not do that in this area. Okay. Okay. I mean, maybe, maybe okay. you could. Is that, was that a draw because you wanted to be by the ocean, I'm assuming? or um, Yeah. So that was something that we, we grew up in... Uh, we grew up in Coeur d'Alene, but we vacate or every summer we'd go over to the San Juan Islands off the oh, coast I of Seattle, and we'd spend the summer over there because my parents are both teachers, and so we'd go out there every summer, and it was just fishing and running around on beaches, and picking stuff up, throwing it, rocks, sticks, the whole nine yards. It was great. It was great, but it really cemented that marine biology in my mind that I was like, yeah, this is exactly what I want to do. So I got out of school. Um, obviously, I didn't go for marine biology because I was like, well, I'm in Idaho. Let's get something more realistic. Let's go biology, and then I can specialize later. So I got out of school. I uh, got a job working in central Washington um, for the Grant County Public Utility District at the Lonopum Dam. So that was really cool. We I was a hydro maintenance assistant, and we were gate well dipping to do tests on their... Uh, new spillway that they in installed. So we were scooping up smolt, pit tagging them, helicoptering them up above the dam, and then releasing them, and then seeing how many actually made it through the dam. Oh, cool. Whether it was getting eaten, whether it was getting killed by the, the dam itself. We were just trying to figure out what the survivability was for this nice. new spillway, or how it increased or changed. That was an interesting job, and I absolutely hated it. It was so cool. It was so cool. Like everything about that screamed Isaac, but it was a it was a union job, which I mean, union jobs they're they're great. They do a fantastic job of taking care of their people, but it was more about finding work than it was actually about working. And it was it was just grating on my soul. They're like, Isaac, slow down, Isaac, stop. We're not gonna get overtime if you finish this job too quickly. I wanna get overtime. Everyone wants to get overtime. It's great. But it, it just wasn't for me. And so I bailed out of there after a year and uh, or after a season. And then I was like, well, if this is what jobs are like, I do not want to do this. And so I went back to the, the original dream, which was marine biology. So dropped everything, moved to Florida and lived in Florida for six months, which was really fun. I had a friend uh, who I grew up with who lived there who let me crash in his like nice. little closet i literally yeah. slept in a closet for Seriously. like three months it this was is great. gonna be a good story and then <laughs> yeah so we i kicked around florida uh looked for jobs all over the place couldn't find anything that really 
really spoke to me, applied for a bunch of places. Turns out uh, they like to hire Florida boys for marine biology jobs that have like marine biology degrees, not Idaho boys who, who have Don't you love basic that? biology degrees who have never seen I, any I of that. I see that so many times. It's like, how are you ever going to get the experience if someone doesn't give you a chance? Yeah. And, and people are more, I think it's smarter to hire somebody and mold them into what you want them to be. I always hired people with zero experience as long as they had customer service skills for the businesses that I was in, yeah. you know, and they were coachable. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, for this sure. is where we're headed. This is what I need yeah. you to do. Yeah. Like, Fast learners. You got it boss. Yeah. Oh, that's what I'm all about now. But yeah, we, uh, I kicked around Florida. Couldn't find anything that really would work. Uh, I worked, I lived in, uh, Sarasota and then moved to West Palm beach. Uh, well, Royal Palm Beach, but same, same difference. Um, and then we hung out there for a while. I got a job as a, an intern with a aquarium, which was super cool. And I started teaching their touch tank shows, doing starfish oh, cool. and uh, crabs and mollusks and all the, all the other really cool things that you can find in the ocean, which was really fun. And it actually got me started on teaching, but I was burning cash fast because it was an unpaid position and i had to live somewhere and drive to or and get to this place i didn't have a car so i ended up taking ubers everywhere which was fine but i was just burning through my cash faster than i could possibly sustain so uh, i hit a point where i was like you know what i need to i need to figure this out i need to find something new and so i was like okay well final push blanket everywhere the entire state of florida with applications and um, it didn't, uh, didn't go as well as I wanted. Um, I got a couple of offers for jobs that were like, yeah, I shouldn't have applied to this. And then, uh, I actually got a, another internship, uh, in Costa Rica where I was going to be a, a wall, uh, whale and dolphin tour guide assistant. So I was like, my Spanish is all right. It's not, if you want to know. It's <laughs> terrible. Uh, so I was like, that seems like a really great idea. I had no clue where I was going. I had no clue who I was going to be staying with. I had almost, I knew almost nothing, but I was like, let's do it. So I came back to, to Coeur d'Alene, hung out for uh, about a month, and then went down to Costa Rica. Lived in Costa Rica with, uh, oh no, what's his name? It's, oh, can I remember for the life of me what her name, the, her name was Sierra Goodman, but her business was Divine Dolphin, Divine Dolphin. She had a little, uh, a little mini resort there that she had closed. So she was just running whale and dolphin tour tours for locals and tourists. And she needed someone to help people on and off the boat, which is what I did. It was fantastic. If you haven't seen them before, whales are way bigger than you think they are. Oh my god! And dolphins are super fast. It was wild, just absolutely wild to be that close, where you could like look down in the water. You're looking down eighty scary. feet, scary, but not really scary. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I should have been scared, but yeah. I wasn't. Uh, ignorance or whatever, ignorance is bliss. But we're looking like eighty feet straight down in the water, and you're seeing whales just like sleeping on the bottom, and you're like. It looks like I could reach out and touch them. Oh, wow. Like, you dip your hand in the water. I was like, I don't know. It looks like you could touch them. We, uh, you weren't allowed to get into the water around the whales. So we'd get into the water and just kind of swim around for lunch, after lunch or whatever. But 
um, you'd hear the whales. And that is wild. Absolutely wild. Totally, 100% would go back just to sit in the water and listen to the whales again. It was something else. What do you think of Costa Rica? I loved Costa Rica, but I was a (laughs) skinny white boy from northern Idaho with a high school level Spanish education and hadn't spoke Spanish since high school. Do you remember what part of Costa Rica you were in? Drake Bay. Okay. Drake Bay, which is uh, Oceanside, not Gulf Side, Mm -hmm. and it was a jungle, jungle side of Costa Rica. We've been quite a few times. We love Costa Rica. Yeah, it was... It was an exceptional experience, and if I had known a little bit more, I definitely would have done it better, but I didn't explore at all. I was kind of cloistered into this little jungle of Costa Rica. You could walk Because you didn't speak the language, you didn't explore? Yeah, yeah, and it was like, I don't know what I'm doing here, I don't know who to talk to. Had you been immersed in it, you would have picked it up. Yeah? Yeah, for sure. And that's what uh, Sierra, the, the host, was telling me. She's like... You just got to get out there. Yeah. You just got to go do it. And I yep. was like, okay, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. And, and even if you just know a couple words. So yeah, I was sure. getting, yeah. and get buying anything for me yeah. was looking back on the it. The money I was, like, was a little, was a little oh. bit hard. Wasn't it Colonies? Yeah. 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 I, and I was getting scalped everywhere. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. gringo pricing's you, real. You need my husband with you. So I, I didn't grow up with my dad. Um, my dad's last name is Dominguez Frank. Frankie Dominguez. So I started working at a Mexican restaurant when I was 19, and that's where I picked it up. And I remember the day that we were sitting having like a family meal after work, and I remember the day that I understood it. Really? Oh, yes. Like it wasn't me trying to make, you know, figure out and pay attention. It would literally, I just got it. I started dreaming in Spanish. I wrote my orders in Spanish. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah. fascinates me yeah and people who are do or bilingual like dreaming like, in a different language yeah it was weird my husband dreams in spanish and i'm not fluent like he is but i can hold my own pretty good mm, for, for never having cannot. any formal training and everything i've ever learned it's just things that i've picked up so i do well traveling because i know all the food words because the cooks mm-hmm. didn't speak english so yeah that was good that's incredible so, how long were you there uh i was there for a month and then it was supposed to be there for six months. And then a tree fell onto my hut. And we're like, well. You were living in a hut? Oh, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it was actually, there running water, bathroom? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. It was, it was very nice. Like, it used to be like a resort that people like would actually go to. Thing? Yeah, a yurt. Mm-hmm. Yurt's a better way to put it. Mm-hmm. But it had screened sides and it had a bathroom for me. I had a, a bed and whatnot. It was definitely very nice. Uh, but. Idaho boy does not do super well with the uh, humidity. So I didn't sleep for like a month straight. Oh, I remember that. I remember we would get up and we would work out and we'd have to change our clothes. We, you know, I mean, there was no reusing anything. Do you remember that? Oh, absolutely. Humid. No way. Like I'd get up and put on swim trunks because I was already wet. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Might as well get in the Uh, water. Yeah. Yeah. But honestly, some of the beautiful, most beautiful oceans and beaches and did you notice how clean it was i was really really in the jungle half so I, yeah, but you're so right hard to i didn't didn't notice any trash yeah. anywhere ever. even if people had a like a shack there so 
Okay, so then you come back to Coeur d'Alene? Yep. Then I came back to Coeur d'Alene, started teaching in the Coeur d'Alene School District because oh, what else is I going to do? Uh, I've always been an educator. So when we, uh, I moved back home and got a job and I started out just as a substitute teacher, which was awful. Ugh, I hated it. But I taught at every level in Coeur d'Alene. So I taught elementary school, special ed, elementary school, up to middle school, taught Spanish in, uh, in middle school. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah that was not, <laughs> not good either. But it's Those who can't do, teach, right? Yeah, for sure. It's good experience though, don't you oh, think? Oh, so good. I look back on a lot of things that it's like, but you got, but that was your experience, you yeah, know? Yeah, absolutely. My sister's just starting a business and she's like, should I do this for this price? I'm like, you should do it for free yep. because you need the experience. I mean, when you, you'll know when you're worth that mm-hmm. but you got to get some right yeah you got to kind of earn it we all got to start as a janitor yep absolutely so then i taught i, w- I got a full-time subbing job at uh Coeur d'Alene high school which was better i was teaching science i was like in my element teaching kids it was fun they were obnoxious they didn't want to learn which was really draining but yeah i was like this this is actually better I enjoy mm-hmm. I enjoy going to to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, that year was just wild. The Cordelaine High School had some some stuff go on, and if you're familiar with Cordelaine High mm-hmm. School in the last ten mm-hmm. years, you mm-hmm. probably know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, for sure. But um, that kind of threw a whole monkey wrench into everything. So um, I was I decided I didn't want to be I didn't want to teach not at the not at the high school level not kids. Mm-hmm. So I went to North Idaho College, got a job uh, working prepping labs, which was great. Um, nighttime job, just dinking around. So then eventually I got a job teaching labs. So I taught Bio 101, uh, which was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Um, the kids there, because they are kids, doesn't that matter how old they are, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. they still, they were better. They engaged, they listened, but it was... They still weren't really there. I cared more about their education than they did. And that's when you're pouring your soul into this and people are just like, yeah, I got to see. I'm, I'm good. Mm-hmm. You know, what I, I'm not even going to answer. I know I got these first yeah. eight questions, right? I'm not even going to answer the last two. Yeah. And Josh watches me do my check-ins and it's, you know, it's, it can be very disheartening sometimes. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And it's like those people are the people that need it the most. You know, and they're just like, whatever, you know. And the crazy thing for me was with college, the amount of effort that you put in on the front mm-hmm. half mm-hmm. totally changes your entire trajectory mm-hmm. on the back half. Yeah. Like the entrance exams, mm-hmm. oh, people not studying for those stupid entrance yeah. exams. I would watch kids go from high school mm-hmm. taking like pre-calc mm-hmm. and then not study for an entrance exam, mm-hmm. butcher it. Mm-hmm. And then have to go back into remedial math and yeah. add like a year and a half to their yeah. NIC experience. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, if you just studied a little bit, yeah. you would have totally saved yourself thousands of dollars yeah. and years of your life. Yeah. If it's worth doing, it's, like, it's worth oh doing, my, right? I oh always say, yeah. if you're half assing this, what else are you half assing, you know? Yeah. And the one thing. I don't, I'm not down with his excuses. Like there's no other way to describe an excuse but an excuse, right? Absolutely. There's no other way, so. And that was, that was a big thing for me. Like 
getting into the entrepreneur life is nobody's going to come save you. Mm-hmm. Like, you either sink or you swim. Yeah. And if you aren't putting in the effort, which I wasn't for a long time, I had to learn all this yeah. the hard at, way. At least you admitted it. Oh, it's it gets kind of hard to admit, but it it's, is hard to it's admit, really right? good to hear, like, for someone like you, this is why we had a three-hour conversation, is yeah. because you're, like, a real human being that is an entrepreneur, that we totally have the same mantra and the same, not experiences, because everyone's experiences are different, but hearing your story i was like oh my gosh there's so many things that click with mine and to hear that yeah my all of the things that i'm going through and that i've been through they aren't unique most entrepreneurs go through the exact same thing yeah. is it's important and yeah. to say that yeah i don't have I don't have any flaws. I don't have any faults. I, I never struggled ever is, is a lie. Well, it's easy to be at the top and talk about it, but nobody wants to talk about the struggle that to get there. I think I tagged you in a post the other day, and I talked about how I used the money from the sale of my last business to pay him. For how long, Josh? I was making no money. I mean, I was, you know... Luckily, you and I both have that in us, like that never give up, that never yeah. quit, you know. So, um, yeah, personal training business. And I flew down there because I'm a life coach. And if you're listening to this, Mel, I say this with love. And I say this to help other people that are thinking this. She mentioned, oh, well, if this doesn't work out, I can always work at one of those places where you just they hire you and I just about lost my shit I was like wait what first of all I flew down here to help you I'm giving you all my knowledge I'm helping you with all the things I failed at I'm giving you the best advice you're ever gonna get and you're gonna you're doubting yourself like that no that's not an option yeah and if your studio is not full, your butt better be sitting over here at this desk figuring out how to fill it up. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I said to her, and I know it stuck with her because she's repeated it to me. Yeah, I know. No one's going to come knocking on my door asking me if I'm a personal trainer. And I said, yes, you're right. Yep. And I think maybe some people think I'm over the top with my advertising. I always have Melfit stuff up. I'm always giving my magazines out. It's like closed mouths don't get fed. Like we got to pay our bills here. Mm-hmm. How is anybody going to hire you if they don't know what it is that you do? And there's nothing wrong with telling people what you do. And if you tell people what you do, you're passionate about it. But Mel, you are not working for anyone else. This is it. This is right. Absolutely. So and I, that, that, I that doubt, that. that thought, like I just was like, no, that mindset has to go. Like yeah. this is it. So I actually learned that exact same lesson the hard way. I, uh, when I, so after I got done teaching at NIC, uh, I was working at NIC and back and doing sushi at the same time because NIC wouldn't give me full time because then they had to pay me benefits. So I needed to fill the gaps. So I got a job working at Fisherman's Market and then got laid off then. That's where the whole sushi story takes off. But uh, it was at that point that I was I started to dabble into entrepreneurship. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. 
you're telling me anyone can do this? This is incredible. I'm going to absolutely, this is like everything that I hoped and dreamed since I was six years old. I, and I went absolutely hog wild. I started three businesses like almost immediately. Had no idea what I was doing. But I was like, well, let's start. My goal was five businesses in five years. Fail fast, fail forward, figure out what doesn't work, and then keep moving, And which was great. But in doing that, I didn't put enough time into any one of them. I was like, well, if this one doesn't work, this one's going to. And if this one doesn't work, this one's going to. I had backup plans on backup plans on backup plans. And I was spending time building out those backup plans to make sure that if this one didn't work, that I was gonna I was gonna have something to fall onto. And then I realized well, actually a lot of people told me they're like, you can't have you can't do that. I was like, watch me. You can't do that. There's too many, too much stuff going on. And when you don't commit to it, you'll always have that out. So there was a I don't even remember when it was, twenty twenty sometime, when I was like, All right, I'm done working for other people. Uh, I'm going to not work on any other businesses, which hasn't really worked, but I've tried. And I was like, I am officially in entrepreneurial free fall. There is no net. There is no backup plan. There is no this, that, That's other. what was holding you back. Mm-hmm. And it, Mel, there is no backup plan. It made ever. all the difference. It did. There because can't be. When you've got when you've got something that you know is going to catch you, do I really want to go to that networking meeting? Do I really want to hop on and do my social media post for today? On eight oh. different platforms every single day for years. Yeah. When you when you don't have that net, everything seems like life and death. And when you're in, I, I like to call it entrepreneurial freefall. That ground's coming up real quick. You need to slow it down, and you got to pull that cord, and you got to start flying, because either that or you're gonna hit the ground. And for me, I don't like being embarrassed, and so there was there was no option. Once I did, once I took away all of my backup plans, there was no other option. You you sink or you float. Yeah. And do you know what's so interesting though is we're all so afraid of admitting that we weren't making it or admitting that we're struggling now or admitting that we're doing well i really think that people respect transparency and the story like the people i follow are the people that were sleeping you know in closets and you know um andy Frisella at first form who says he's going to be the next nike i mean i think he said for 10 years he was sleeping in his supplement store, him and his brother. I mean, I think they were barely making $800 a month. So isn't that what you're drawn to? I mean, the I don't story? know. Like, yeah, the story, the story is really what brings it all together. Mm-hmm. Like you don't see, you can see the individual pieces, mm-hmm. but until you hear the story, it doesn't actually connect the dots. Mm-hmm. And people can be like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right. Or... I mean, you look on anyone's Instagram, Facebook, mm-hmm. they're all like, wins, we're winning over here, yeah. come join us, we're doing all these great things. Yeah, yeah. But that's rarely ever the truth. Yeah. People are struggling. Like, yeah. right now, I'm struggling. See, We're figuring it out. Yeah. All day, every it, day. I think that ground. when you admit you struggle, you'll attract people 
who maybe have, you know, failed a few more times than you and then they can actually kind of mentor you a little bit and like I'm doing with a lot of my clients and my sister it's like we've already done that like let's not I said I say this to Josh all the time let's not reinvent the wheel here like we know this works we know this works so I think that if you aren't transparent with people when things are bad then you're doing yourself a disservice because I think ultimately a good entrepreneur really wants to help someone. I used to have this guy who's a multimillionaire client and him and his wife were my clients. And whenever he worked out, I had my pen on the whiteboard. What do you think I was talking to him about? And then his wife would come in and say, he should really charge people for that. I go, but he's not because he was me once. You know, here I am working, you know, training 20 clients from 5.30 in the morning till 5.30 in the afternoon. I have an hour and a half break. I'm burning the candle at both ends. And what am I doing? I'm spending my time with this man for 25 minutes soaking up everything and putting... And there was other entrepreneurs as well, right? Mm -hmm. But he wanted to help me because I admitted I needed help. I admitted that this isn't the only place I'm going to go. I'm not always going to be here training 20 people. Like there's something greater than this. So I love that. So, um, anything else? Good time for a question or anything? I was going to say that I think that that was pretty much the end of my, I mean, yeah, what I bailed out of sushi and you talked about when, when you thought you should get paid, like you'll know, you'll know when you should get paid. And my moment (laughs) <laughs> it was very, very distinct. We went, uh, my, I used to live with my buddy Jeff, and he was trying to schmooze this girl over in, uh, over in Spokane Valley. Up until that point, it was all friends and family events. I'd never really done it for strangers. It was four people, six people max. And so when he's like, hey, I want to do, I want to do a sushi event. I want to do a sushi event over in Spokane. We're going to go impress this girl. It's going to be great. I was like, Oh yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and so we go over and there's 12 people, which at the time, astronomical. That's a lot. There's no way. There's. I was like, Jeff, I can't, I can't do this. And he's like, come on, it'll be fine. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. And so I was like, yeah, sure. Why, why not? Uh, so I get there uh, with all my hacked together supplies because I wasn't serious at that point. Uh, we put the whole thing together. We're eating off paper plates, and it's like, oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. We ate everything, like all the rice, all the veggies, all the fish, everything, down to the nubbins. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I shorted us on every single aspect. Like, this was a terrible event. And then we get done, like, this was so awesome. I had the greatest time, yada, 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 yada. And so we're, we're just hanging out afterwards. And the lady who owned the house came up to me. She's like, this was just the coolest, coolest experience. And I was like, thank you so much. She's like, how much do you usually charge for this? And I was like, well, I don't, I don't really charge people because I love sushi. Because then I finally started actually liking it after teaching it for like three years. Um, I love sushi. I love to teach. And this is kind of the perfect hybrid of the two. So as long as you pay for the ingredients, I'll, I'll love to come out and do it. And she's like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I totally would have paid like $800 for this. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> come mm-hmm. again? Mm-hmm. 
And then, I mean, it was short notice, got laid off like a couple weeks later. And I was like, I wonder if she was serious. Maybe, maybe I could turn this into a business. So then I kind of put together my ideas, put out an ad, got a gig. I was like, oh, this is crazy. Put out another ad, got another gig. I was like, okay, hang on. <laughs> we need to we need to take a step back. There are probably some business things that I'm not understanding that I need to do that I need to do. There was lots of them, lots of them. But that was, I mean, that was really how it got started. Was and The one thing right about there. you though, just because you have a trade that's marketable into a business doesn't mean you're going to you're a good businessman or woman. Oh, absolutely not. And, and in fact, that actually is a detriment. If you don't know how to do the service that you provide, you will have to figure out how to make it work, how to make the business work. If you can do the dishwashing and the sushi rolling and the advertising and the marketing and the this, that, the other, if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to try and for years now, I've shortchanged myself trying to build my own website because I don't want to pay the money to have a professional do it. I'll just figure it out and do it myself, mm -hmm. which is great. But if you need a professionally professional looking website that works, mm -hmm. have a professional do it. It's Josh why they do what they do. Yeah. And that, I mean, for me, that was it was a it was like watching a light switch go off. Mm -hmm. It's like, ah. No wonder all that advertising that I've been doing hasn't working, mm -hmm. hasn't been working, because I don't know what I'm doing, yeah, yeah. and I'm throwing stuff at the wall and yeah. seeing what sticks, yeah. and and nothing's sticking. I'm like, yeah. well, this is just it's just the worst business in the world. I can't yeah. do this. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna fail. Sure. Yada yada yada. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. It's because I wasn't hitting Facebook's algorithm of yeah. 80 billion posts on yeah. Tuesdays and 46 billion posts on Wednesdays. Yeah. No posts on Thursdays, and then on Fridays. Yeah. We wear pink. Yeah. Yeah, we wear I, pink. I butchered that. Where, what is it? Is it on Tuesdays we wear pink? I, I, I think you're right. That would have been great. My biggest thing is when we first started, Isaac, I knew nothing about the the rules of the paid ads. And to this day, I think it's bananas that I could take a picture of myself with pasties on, put myself on the main page, but I can't put a before and after picture of my client, which is what people want to see, mm -hmm. proof of success. Yeah. So right off the bat, we got shut down on paid ads. And to tell you the truth, Josh and I looked at the paid ads. They weren't even ads with people in Bear Midriff, right, Josh? Like we couldn't figure out why. We literally have never been able to advertise and do sponsored ads. I will never give up. So I try to figure out, okay, what if we wake up one day and this great source of advertisement is gone? I'm not building my house on lease land. So therefore, we have Melfit Healthy Times. Hard copy and digital. If you're listening to this, click on the link in my bio. If you want a hard copy, download the Melfit app for seven days for free. I'll buy you this magazine, which costs us what? 325 350 and you pay the shipping also i started getting into billboards if you have not oh, thought, is this a new yeah that's a new edition oh. yeah you gotta gotta get excellent. yours excellent yeah I'm excited. so isaac has a really cool 
flyer too. We'll we'll, uh, we'll include. We'll need some stuff from you. We'll include some pictures and Absolutely. stuff. We'll either steal it or you can give it to us. But <laughs> yeah, I get that. I so get that. But one thing that I and it's really scary is I personally have noticed on a business level and a personal level that the mo- more people I bring in to help me. Ben Tran with my logo. By the way, Ben, this guy's logo is logo is the fishes. I think it's kind of interesting that you're a marine biologist and that you got into sushi. It's kind of cute. Yeah, that was kind of a. I don't know how that happened. Yeah. It was maybe it's the fish thing, yeah. but like, I don't think so. Yeah. I never. I was never even into eating fish. Like I, even to this day, like cooked fish. Yeah, that's not my cup yeah, of tea. But... but let me tell you, you give me some good Atlantic salmon. Yeah. Oh, I love salmon. So I'm going to ask you some fire questions. Where are we at, Josh, for time? We're at 45 minutes. Ooh, we're at 45 minutes. Okay, so let's fire. Um, I, okay, who who do you think your customer avatar is? Mm -hmm. So we specialize in creating sushi experiences. Our customers are people who are tired of the same old same old going to a restaurant waiting for your server to butcher your order listening to that kid cry across the restaurant they're looking for something different they, they want to they know that they like sushi or maybe they don't know that they like sushi i yeah. love 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 yeah. to work with people who have had a bad experience mm-hmm. and they're like no no, no i can't mm-hmm. do sushi yeah. because 85 to 90 percent of them who come into my class leave with if nothing else that wasn't that bad. I love it. And most of them come in, I don't do fish, I don't do raw fish, I don't do anything. And they'll be like, no, no, no. This was great. That's awesome. But we, we focus on, on creating experiences that are educationally driven so that people can better understand this, this culinary experience, this art form all in one. And creating, uh, creating something that's not only looks good, it tastes good, and you did it yourself. And okay. it's getting that, that full, that rounded knowledge that I found people are so about. We, okay. we are absolutely crushing it on our reviews because we've created something that people love and it's experience-driven, uh, educationally based, and it's really, really fun. Yeah, would you rather go out with six friends or have six friends come to your house and be taught by Isaac? Like most of our friends, a couple of them are chefs and we like to cook, but we also like the experience rather than just sitting somewhere. So you get together with friends at a restaurant. How long does that last? If you get together at your house, you're together for several hours. And is it okay if I uh, mention that you're possibly considering virtual absolutely okay so if you're listening to this or watching this from somewhere else in the world isaac is dipping into virtual which is so cool so you could actually invite your friends over and he could virtually teach you and that's the one thing that i'm so happy with about melfit and i still get calls to this day is god you can reach so many so many more people yeah online and I, you know, people to this day, oh, can I meet, we're going to have a call. Well, have you ever heard the saying when a, when a 15 minute call could have been an email? 
Like time is everything. It's mm-hmm. not just time is money, but also time is my life experience. You know, yeah. I'm at a point in my life where I'm actually, you know, starting to enjoy my life. I didn't even watch TV for 20 years. Like all I've ever done is grind. So um, the experience mm-hmm. at this point in my life, and I know a lot of the viewers, is super, super important to me. Yeah. Um, my health. You know, there's so many things that that tie into this. So, um, and, and when you uh, when you talk about experiences, like when you go to a restaurant, you're gonna be you're gonna eat food. It's gonna be good for the most part. Yeah. Most people don't have a bad restaurant yeah. experience. Then you go home, and yeah. then everyone's gone. Yeah. For us, we teach a two hour sushi course that covers all the tools and tricks of the trade. Covers sashimi, nigiri, traditional rolls, and specialty rolls. And this is an experience that. You and your friends are going to remember for the rest of your life. I guarantee it because it's completely unique and it's something that most people have wanted to learn, but never really known where there's a billion different videos online. There's other chefs that teach sushi classes, but we really focus on creating, curating that, that experience that has been the missing link for, for sushi for people. I love it. I'm super excited. I am having Isaac do my birthday party. For my twin sister and I, we're super excited. Um, So where do you see yourself five years from now? Mm, That's a great question. So um, I would like to become a serial entrepreneur. I'm making great efforts. Uh, I've always been an entrepreneur. I didn't know when I was a kid and it was never really encouraged. I was always told that they were get-rich-quick schemes. But I've got lots of entrepreneurial prowess and I'm really just getting started. I'm learning all of the things that I should not be doing the hard way by smashing that, my face into the, walls. That but, was the other question I was going to ask you. So that rolls right into that one. <laughs> we had to throw that in there. Oh, that's I know terrible. we're dorks. Yeah, and if you, um, guys, if you guys take my class, there's... A billion of those. So if you don't like puns, don't do it. Don't, t- don't take my class. It's going to be awful, and I love it. I, I think, Isaac, post-COVID, everybody just needs a good laugh. Yep. I mean, that's what we all need. I mean, it's like there are so many crazy things going on in the world just to spend a couple hours if you're, you know, living in a world of craziness just to laugh and just have fun. So what's the hardest thing you've ever done? Is my sushi sensei the hardest thing you've ever done? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Because it's not that the the jobs are super difficult. The classes are, I mean, the class isn't even a job for me. The experience, doing the experiences, it's so invigorating. It's doing all the other things that I don't know how to do and figuring out, oh yeah, that's why your advertising wasn't working because you're doing it completely wrong. And just having to learn those lessons and then make those changes and then go out and do it again and god i've failed so many times it's not even funny just all right go try this it didn't work go try this again ah it didn't work change this go try it again it still didn't work and just to get that repetition of getting your getting your teeth kicked in over and over and over again is super hard and super defeating but Man, when it finally, when you finally find the way to thread that needle, oh man, is it rewarding. Yeah. Holy Moses. Like they talk about the highest highs and the lowest lows. 
you'll experience. And it's all because of being a business owner and that entrepreneurship. It's a roller coaster, like on the daily. Absolutely. And they are not joking. Like yeah. the high, the highs are indescribable, and the lows are just like death. I get it. Ugh. We get it, right, Josh? Yeah. But you know, I always tell my clients too: it's okay to get kicked. But you better reach your hand up and ask for help, and you oh. better get your damn butt up. Never give Absolutely. up. Absolutely. And I mean, the faster, the faster you can fail, the better. Like, and that's what I've learned is you should lean into those. Like mm-hmm. when you hit a wall and you're like, ah, oh, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I don't know. It happens to me all the time. Mm-hmm. Lean into it. Yeah. Find where you're failing. Fail yeah. faster. Yeah. And but fail better. Yeah. Understand. Hey, this is what I did wrong. Mm-hmm. And. 100% ask for help. Yeah. You'll find other people out there. Yeah. If Even if you, I mean, for me, it was networking groups. Yeah. I'd go to networking groups and be like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. I need help. Mm-hmm. And then you should have seen people come out of the woodwork. Hey, yeah. I would love to yeah. help you. Let me, yeah. let's get you ironed out on this. Let's get you ironed out on that. Yeah. And they've made all the of, difference. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength, in my opinion. Yeah, you. I mean, it takes a lot to be able to admit that you don't know what you're doing, mm-hmm. but it's so important. It's yeah. so important. What's your favorite quote or saying? Ooh. So, I'm going to butcher this because I butcher it every time. Um, motion is different than movement. Motion feels good. It's waving your arms around. It's making a lot of noise. But it's not getting you to your goals. Movement. Movement is painful. It's picking up your feet. It's taking that step forward. And it's actually, but it's what actually pushes you towards that goal. Don't mistake motion for movement. That's a good one. I love that. What's the best piece? I think piece? that's an Isaac original. Is it? I think so. Let's dub like, that. I, I don't like know. It. I don't know if I, I saw it somewhere. I like it. I really, I'm like, I like it. Isaac. I love it. It's so true. I mean, there is a difference between busy and working. Oh my gosh. That's the craziest thing. It's like 80 busy, 20 principle. Busy. You could stand there. I could stand there and busy work, but yep. and what am I doing? Am I moving? I think it's Pareto's law. Yeah. Yeah. What is the 20% of stuff that actually makes things happen? Yeah. And absolutely. what is the 80% of just yeah. so moving? Do you know how many hours Josh and I work a day? I'm afraid. Like, there's only 24, so you can't be working more than that. Five. What? Do you want to know why? Because you figured out what the 20% is, and you spend five hours doing it? Yeah. Three of it's busy work. Really? Just to fill up the clock, just to stay here for eight hours? What if we knew that we had to get our work done in five? How much more successful? How much more productive? We... Don't you think, Josh, we're way more productive working five-hour days than eight? God, what if, what if you told yourself, I don't work Fridays. Get your four days done. We or would. get your five days we done could. in four days. Not to say that in the beginning we weren't working a lot to, to create our oh, app and our plans. But yeah, that's I was going to say, how much of, did you work to get to this point? Oh my Manta. <laughs> there oh, we go. I mean, honestly, when so my my best selling <laughs> meal plan <laughs> it sells for four forty nine. It took us a thousand hours. We were living next door. We would film three videos a day. Do you know what goes into creating that? 
Do you know what goes into creating a recipe? Oh. We, I create it. We get the ingredients. We write the recipe. We put it in my fitness pal, and we have a barcode. Why do we have a barcode? To make it easier for other people. How, so that we can scan it in our store. Yeah. Melfit will be in all major grocery stores in less than 10 years, mark my words. You heard it out loud. Yeah, Somebody hold it. her to that. I say it all I'm the time. I'm going to. <laughs> so, yeah, we were doing a workout video, and then we would go upstairs and film two cooking videos. Yeah, we earned the five hours. But the, the, the time that we're not working, we're thinking about it, right, Josh? A lot of times Josh comes in and he's like, okay, I was thinking about something over the weekend. So um, what's good. the best piece of advice you've ever received? Um, don't quit is a really good one. Don't quit. When you think that you're at the end of your rope, tie a knot and hold on because... It's never as dark as you think. It's The chasm is never as deep as you think. The water, actually, you can totally stand if you just stand up. And for most people, they, they get that initial hit and they're like, yeah, I don't want to get hit in the face again. I'm out. Let's go work for something super secure. Let's get that 401k with the benefits, which for some people is totally what they should be doing. For entrepreneurs, if you're serious about it, don't give up. Don't let anybody tell you you're wrong. Listen and be coachable. Mm-hmm. But if you know, and this is the way, don't let them tell you no. Don't let anyone tell you no. Absolutely keep going. Pivot. Persevere. Shift gears. Do what you need to do. Make it work. But don't ever give up. So that's kind of rolls right into what's the best piece of advice you've ever given. Would you say that's it, or did you? Is there something else? Um, I can tell I you what what my answer because you gave me advice, but you go first if I you want to go first. Oh, yeah, I, I think that would be that'd be a really good one. Uh, do your research is a, the piece of advice that I wish I could go back and give myself. Like when you think you're done, mm-hmm. do more. Mm-hmm. You're about halfway. Yeah, for sure. And because I, I, I can't not tell you how many of the first three businesses that I started, mm-hmm. they were just lack mm-hmm. of research. Mm-hmm. That yeah. man, did I get scalped mm-hmm. because I did something really stupid, mm-hmm. thinking this is the newest thing in the world. No yeah. one's ever done this. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. Go figure out who's done it before. Yeah. Learn from them. Yeah. And then do it better than them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you gave me a piece of advice. And that's what I like talking about you. It's like I can add, you know, water to the pot, but you added a lot of water to my pot as well. And that's why I spent three hours with you. Um, Also, you were really transparent and you touched on something that's been very painful for me. And it's that saying, give away everything you sell and Mm. everybody will buy everything you sell. And that's still painful for me, but I know it's true. I know I have to do it. Mm -hmm. And when I asked you about your virtual classes, at first you were talking about, you know, they would just be out there. They would be free, that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. that was a really, really good piece of advice. And I always worried about that. And then the hard question you asked me is what makes you different than anyone else? And it's so true. Sushi's been done before. Mm Mm-hmm. Personal training's been done before. Being a chef has been done before. 
being a nutritionist has been done before? That's a tough question and that was a really good question. And you're absolutely right. What makes, it's not what I'm doing, it's how I'm doing it. And, and that I'm doing it with passion. Mm-hmm. And I'm making it about the people, not about the money. And the yep. money does flow freely after that. That's the best and advice I've ever got. And that's what literally my, everyone from, says. They're like, focus on focus on your service, mm-hmm. focus on your product, yeah. focus on this, focus yeah. on that. Yeah. And let the let the money come when it yeah. comes. And people will sense that. I really think, yeah. you know, they don't want to buy from somebody that is all about the money. You know what I heard the other day is someone described it as uh having salesman breath. Yeah, for sure. When you've got salesman breath, yeah. it doesn't matter what you're saying. Yeah. You smell yeah. like salesman. Yeah. And that I try really hard not to do that anymore. I'm like, mm-hmm. you should buy a sushi event because it's mm-hmm. going to be the best thing mm-hmm. that your friends have ever done. Mm-hmm. You're going to be on their list of top people forever because yeah. remember that one time yeah. we went over to Mel's house and she did sushi? That was wild. I cannot wait to do that again. No. Say, let's educate people. Let's help them better understand sushi. And that was that made all the difference in the world to me. Mm-hmm. So I heard this thing the other day. Josh and I are... Um, we are work we're working we're trying to work with the tribes um we have a campaign called melfit for the tribes Mm -hmm. and i ran my speech by a member of the cordelaine tribes and the one one advice she gave me is i kept saying you need you need and she said they don't need to be told anything Mm -hmm. and the a good way to turn that is how can I help? Yep. So that can be applied to any business. How can I help you, you know, create this community and unity with, let's say it's for uh, work, you know, if they're doing, uh, what do they call that? What did you say you just did uh, uh, for the job you just posted? What did you call it? Like a business it wasn't a retreat but what's oh, the word i want to use a team building event. team building yeah. yeah so um you know i'd love to help you with melfit do a team building event you know that's instead of saying you need right mm-hmm. like and yeah. i'm still learning that that was like two months ago so the wording and the way that you say things and the way that you pitch your business, it can like, you can either have word vomit, which we've all done, or you can, and, and I was telling Isaac, the hardest thing in the world is if you saw Melfit on my vest and you tapped me on the shoulder at Starbucks, or maybe you didn't touch me because of COVID, but <laughs> if you said, hey, what is Melfit? Like, I think that a lot of times your description right off the bat was so perfect about your business. I still struggle with defining what Melfit is. I really do. And and trying to define, okay, this person's behind you. You're up to order next. You've got 30 seconds to tell this person what is Melfit. So I think just practicing that word vomit over and over and over. And then one time you just go, oh, that sounded really good. <laughs> 100%. Uh, the book that got me really focused on it, because I love, 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 love books. Um, book Yourself Solid. I wrote that down in my notes. By Michael Port. He talks about it in in the book. Your sales pitch shouldn't be a sales pitch. It should be you being passionate yep. about yep. what you do. Yep. For me, I love to teach mm-hmm. and I love sushi. And 
creating experiences for people who are tired of just more stuff is like that's it that's it for me is we create sushi experiences for people who are tired of the rest i love the word experiences like post-covid we all lost our freaking souls yeah right. the word experience to me i'm all in and i don't know about <laughs> you but being locked in my house yeah. i realized just how much stuff yeah i have this just did it stuff. And, did yeah and did it matter and you yeah know? like you're like okay i got all of this stuff that i need to move over here yeah and like move it to this yeah. storage unit yeah. so i can pay to yeah. store yeah. The stuff that I don't yeah. want to see yeah. every day. Yeah. I can understand minimalistic mindset. So I totally do now too. Like I was like, oh Steve Jobs. God, can you imagine if I only had one fork? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I cannot because I So <laughs> my husband gets dressed every day. He has a dozen eighties concrete t shirts. And I see him in the mudroom every day looking for a shirt. And I said, Do you know who Steve Jobs is? And he's like you know that guy that wears a black t-shirt and the new Levi's? I said, how much time did he save wearing that uniform? Yep. I said, put on the Iggy's concrete t-shirt, which is professional, which then people understand why this Mexican's in their backyard, and go with it. Like, yeah. right? It just makes it easier. So. Yeah, right. Um, if you haven't already said this, Isaac, what's the one thing you can share that most people don't know about you? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I'm a pretty open book. You're a pretty open book. And this might help you too, is what are your three best character traits? And how do you think these help you in business? That might correlate with something that you can share. Hmm. Uh, One thing that I guess you could say that most people don't know about me is I don't know what I'm doing most of the time (laughs) and and so when I seem like I'm really put together it's because I'm faking it till I make it yeah which if you haven't if you haven't done that for those of you out there oh I've done fake it it till you make it is so important everything's figure outable like you can totally do it you can totally figure it out you can figure out how to do sushi you can figure all this stuff out and if you're gonna charge people you better you better know like you better have your your stuff Mm -hmm. ironed out Mm -hmm. but until you get there, absolutely. This is how it's done for this and this reason. I can't tell you how many times that I told somebody something and then before I was like actually in business and then I had to come back and be like, hey, yeah, that didn't make any sense. This is how it actually is because I actually went and did the research on this and this is why it is. But you have to you have to get there through doing something and I never would have learned that I was making a mistake until I made it. So making the mistakes, faking it till you make it, it's it's an important part of the process. So what are your three best character traits? Um, and how do you think these help you in business? I think that my charisma is my, my best character trait. It's my superpower. I have the ability to exude charisma and get really excited about the things that I'm working on for sushi. That's that's what we do in our, our experiences is we just get really excited about sushi and I'm gonna teach you some really cool stuff. You've seen it in restaurants before, but I'm gonna teach you how it's done. I'm gonna show you why why those rolls came apart when you picked them up with your chopsticks, mm-hmm. how you hold your chopsticks like 
for most people, got a passion is so rare. Do you think so, really? I do. Like, when people, when you talk to people, they're just like, yeah, this is what I do. Uh, it's great. And for people who are, like, actually passionate about it, you can, you can tell. It's, it comes off them as an aura, and it's infectious. And that's what I try and be, is I, I yeah. try and get in there and just dive in. It doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. Be passionate about yeah. it. Absolutely. Go and learn. Be a student, a yeah. forever student, and just say, well, I'd love to learn about fitness. And, God, I would love to learn about nutrition. That was why I reached out to you originally. Was, I was like, God, sushi, nutrition, it's there. I know what it is. Mm-hmm. I know it's got – there's something there. we got to make it work. I need to find someone who knows and who does, who can, like, bring all of these pieces together, and we can teach a sushi nutrition class. I love it. Because sushi is so good for you. Yes. We scheduled this podcast and when we um, when the cameras go off, we're gonna schedule, we're gonna make a Milfit roll. I'm super excited. It's gonna be incredible. I it's love gonna be incredible. It. So my what brain's if, spinning. What's that? My brain's spinning I, up already. I, and we we have to make Josh one without Absolutely. Because he's allergic. What advice would oh what advice can you give our listener about not going the normal college route and starting your own business mm. college isn't for everybody you need to understand what it is that you're that you actually want to do what drives your passion what you can really get behind because if you're not passionate about it it's just going to be a job and it's going to burn you out what do, what does your mom and dad think like oh they were terrified when like, i first got started like yeah like okay isaac we support you in doing yeah, this yeah yeah but when you're when you're done doing yeah. this this yeah. mm, th- whatever you're doing, you need to go find a, <laughs> a pension job, like and work until you die. Did, have they realized, mom? If you're listening to this, what's your mom's name? Cheryl. Cheryl has Cheryl realized that this isn't just a phase. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I'm I am so locked in, and they're like they're 100 percent behind me now. That's and it's cool. it's really cool to have them be like, all right, yeah. let's go get it. My mom especially, she's like, what do you need this week? Sushi events? I'm going to go book you a sushi event. I'm like, oh, nice. mom, yeah. thank you. Yeah. This is incredible. Yeah. And, My mom's yeah. funny sometimes. I mean, we she still hasn't figured out the app. Has your mom, Josh? Okay. But like we try to explain Melfit to people that aren't, well, you don't have to be techie, but I'm like, mom, do you get it? Do you get like, do you understand? Also, I think your mom understands the work, but I don't know if my mom understands the work, you know, like, do you understand how much work went into this 40 pages? Like, do you get it? relationships you know interviews you know i write articles jonathan wrote an article but yeah i cannot imagine like (laughs) when you look at that that's a book like it's a magazine but there's so much content in there and to like just say oh it's a it's a magazine cool i could not do that i could not even remotely so uh two of the hardest things i've ever done one was to write my nutrition plans we now have eight i think something like that, and writing that magazine. And the reason that I want to reiterate that you need to tell people what you're doing and you need to ask for help is I had total writer's block on this magazine. And I told Josh I wanted to do it. 
And guess what I was doing to make this happen? Nothing. Mm. Not one single thing. Oh, wait, I was. I was procrastinating. Yeah, I was procrastinating. And how was this going to happen? It wasn't going to come out of thin air. Mm -hmm. So Josh said, I'm ready for you. I, what was the words you used, Josh? Uh, I've got the, I've, I've got the outline for you. And I was like, that's like teacher telling you the test is due. I'm like, whoa, crap. <laughs> I have to like produce stuff? We're insane. doing this? Like <laughs> we are, like, honestly, there's been a couple times, right, Josh? And I have told Josh, I'm transparent. I've told you I'm scared, right, Josh? I'm like, I'm scared. Like, I don't know how. Will you pass? Well, I'm going to grab this really quick. <laughs> this will interest you. I don't know how this whole thing is going to happen, but I'm freaking scared. But now Josh has told me it's my turn. Okay. This is what the first, this is our seventh edition, you guys. This is what the first edition of Malfit Healthy Times look like. Does this Whoa. look like anything that I would want to show anyone? This Does, is exactly what I want to see. Right? That's Does incredible. This, this is, that's why I told people, always share your story. Always know. I'm writing a book. I haven't started it yet. Do you want to know <laughs> when I'm going to start it? Is when Josh says... The outline is ready. And that's going to be the third scariest thing I've ever done. And do you think my book's going to look like a second grader's notes? Hell to the yeah. So never give up. I, uh, I love we've that. come a long ways. So I've got, I've got whole notebooks exactly like that. Right, it's same just pages and of like nonsense. But yeah. when you look back at it, I'm like, yeah. I can't even read my handwriting here. But that's because my brain's going so yeah. fast. My hand can't keep up. So... I toss things very easily, right? Josh Josh has seen me because we're moving from there to here. Mm -hmm. And if it makes the cut, this made the cut. And it should. This is that special. This is this made the cut and this is going nowhere. So Is that um, the that's the next one or is that the first one? This was the first one. Oh, that needs to get framed. That's so cool. Yeah. Put that into like actual binding. Oh, yeah. Because I want a copy of that. Thanks. Uh, you are welcome to flip through it. So, um, so Isaac, it's been amazing chatting with you. We're going to have Isaac on again. And the one thing that I would love for you guys to do is we're going to include, will you make a mental note of this, Josh? I want to include uh, the book that Isaac quoted. I want to include all of your social media. We want to include your website. And I want you guys to send Isaac a message and ask him when can they sign up for that virtual class. Oh, okay, so that's my scary thing. Is yeah, good. I'm glad. You're that, welcome. I need to have that virtual You're welcome class because the Melfit Army. done like 50 years they ago. Will, okay, quick story. Josh and I, when we first started, I, we just, we started with a website. That was a flop. We developed the app. It was going okay, but we really needed nutrition plans because people need to be held accountable. We're on our way to the bridal festival. We spent $800, which we couldn't afford. The money came from my other business. As we're driving over to the bridal festival, I told Josh, I think I'm going to do a bridal boot camp, a 12 week bridal boot camp. And my goal is to sign up how many people? 12, 12 people. 
I signed on up. On the way to the bridal on festival? On the way to the bridal festival. So we had a list. Oh, I talked to people. How many people did I sign up, Josh? I gave it away for free. A plan that now sells for $450 like hotcakes. I gave it away for free. Oh, furthermore, it wasn't written yet. Put that, Girl, that, put that is, in your pipe and smoke it, Isaac. That is so, so incredible Like to be like, nope. I'm doing it because I just signed up 12 people and they're expecting this. And yeah, there you go. It's gone. It's happening. I was in Cuba and a girl contacted Ooh. me and said, yeah. I know that you're not launching. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> the scary things are the best things. So yeah. I said, she goes, I know you're not launching this bridal boot camp until Super Bowl Sunday, but could I, I am so excited to start. Could I start what a week early, Josh? So I thought, well, this will force me to write this, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm in Costa Rica, or not Costa Rica, but Cuba. Um, my niece is in the Navy there. And every morning, I would just, you know, start to put this together. So this girl, we'll call her Tasha, was, at, we were always a week in front of Tasha. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we knew, and she didn't even care if we had recorded the videos for the recipes or anything. She just wanted the hard stuff. Yep. So every week we were forced to create the meal plan for Tasha because she was always in front of us. Mm -hmm. Or we were always in front of her. You needed to be in Long front of Long story her. short, we also did not have proof of success. I had proof for my brick and mortar studio, but that's a whole nother ball game, right? Mm -hmm. So we needed before and afters. She was probably one of our best before and after pictures. And then for all those 12 people, I gave it away for free, but they gave me what I needed and I needed that proof of success. I needed those before and after. So yep. that, if that is a, you know, something to think about when you're putting together this, this virtual class, I mean, just always, you know, stay ahead. You get one person to sign up and you are forced to stand at your desk because you're a healthy person or sit at your desk and f and you're going to do it. You're going to mm -hmm. put together the curriculum, right? Yeah. So, but yeah. it's been so good chatting with you guys. If you are local and soon uh, you guys can uh, purchase Isaac's class virtually, uh, maybe he'll allow somebody listening or watching to do uh, be a guinea pig, kind Absolutely. of a little test drive. And uh, follow Isaac on social media and just watch this guy grow. Uh, one thing I really enjoy talking to you, uh, you do have, you're, you are educated and you do have a good sense of um, business. And I think that, yeah, your best asset is definitely your charisma, but all those other things will help you too. Um, you're level-headed. You know, although I like to think that I am, although like, you've chased always. shiny objects in your life, okay, that's, that's yeah, that's an understatement. You're level-headed, <laughs> um, yeah. and Isaac and I are uh, working together on a, a future project, so stay tuned for that. So it's gonna be exciting. The one, the one thing that'll happen to you, and your friends might already do this to you, is when people watch you take risks, when people watch you do things that they never in a million years would do because they want to play it safe and work at the post office for 30 years, and the day that they retire, they get an effing cake. Sorry, Mom. Yeah. 30 years of your life, and you get a freaking cake from Walmart. <sighs> then your friends, when you're an entrepreneur like we are, 
Then every time they see you, they go, so what are you working on next? My husband and I just built this house. I ran into a friend the other day. Guess what he asked me? What are you working on next? That's a freaking compliment. That means we're hustlers. That means we're go-getters. The they want to know, down, right? Like, What's next? Tell me, tell me the secret sauce. Yeah. What's yeah, coming yeah, up next? Yeah. So um, have you ever watched the movie Selena? She's a, um, she lived in Corpus, Corpus Christi, Mexican American, um, Tejano singer. Mm -hmm. She was shot by her, um, her, uh, one of her employees. Do you remember hearing about that, Josh? You do? So I, we are obsessed with Selena. Um, I seriously watched that. I've watched the movie. There's a series. You should watch it. You want to talk about an entrepreneur? You should watch it. But her story, I mean, her life was cut short at like 24 years old. And she reminds me of me. I mean, that girl chased shiny objects. I mean, we actually have a lot in common. She had boutiques as well. I mean, she was like not only a singer, but she wanted to open up a boutique and da 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 da. And it's, it's funny because her husband, Chris, is like my husband, Iggy. You know, we're smart, but could possibly be naive because we're so nice. Yeah. And honestly, her 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 being naive is in turn what probably got her killed um, because uh, somebody that was working for her embezzled money. But I'll let you watch it. But um, yeah. yeah, her her. Definitely check it out. And, and the one thing I think about too is, had she not pursued the singing, had she not pursued the boutiques, had she not pursued everything she wanted to do, I mean, she she died at twenty four. Like, that's my biggest thing. It's like, I don't want regrets. Like, I want, and I don't want to be that person, you know, that, you know, you just die and nobody has a service for you and no one has anything to say about you. Like, yeah. how sad would that be? Like, you want to, you want to leave a mark. It's not about money. It's just making a difference, leaving a mark, being a humanitarian, making enough money that you can give back and do more and help other people and hire people. Yeah. And yeah, what was it that you said last time? Uh, your new life is going to cost you your old life. And that, that stuck with me because that's been like so forefront in my mind is, yeah, I want to, I'm trying to hang on to all these things that I used to do and that I used to get joy out of. And it's like, no. Gotta, gotta, can't, or something's gotta go to make room for the, the mm -hmm. new, new mm -hmm. life. And mm -hmm. for me, it was video games. Yeah. I loved playing video Josh games. Josh can relate to that, right? <laughs> I loved playing video games, but I, I don't have time for it. And mm -hmm. it sucks me back in every once in a while. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. this is great. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I'm literally just burning daylight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been saying that so much. Here's a quick example. I know you got to, you've got, it's, it's 1126. Where, where do you got to be when? Oh no, it's fine. I got, it, it's another meeting that I can take. Okay. In the car, we're going to wrap it up pretty soon. But, um, we were in Carter Lane and we ran into, um, uh, our accountant. Um, well he, he works for our accountant. He does the books and you know, he wanted to buy Iggy a shot. This is real life. You guys We're walking down the street by the iron horse, which to me, it's just like, so, and you know what, to each his own, we walk in there and I see people that I haven't seen for 20 years that I used to party with. Right. Mm -hmm. And 
I felt like I was getting sucked into a black hole. And my other friends were walking around the corner to this nice restaurant where we could have a nice drink and some good food. And I thought, why did I walk in here? Yep. Right? And I thought, and I, I said, when we left, I said, oh, did you see so-and-so? Did you see so-and-so? Those people haven't moved from that bar stool in 20 years. And I said to him, I said, Iggy, your new life is going to cost you your old life. And I said, you, do you know how easy your old life wants you back? And yep. they will welcome you with open arms. And it is so easy when you get in a funk to roll back into Just your old right life. There they are sitting on the bar stool wanting to buy you a shot, right? Mm. See, whatever it is, whether it's alcohol or drugs or porn or yeah. video games or whatever it is. And it was like, I find myself saying that a lot, you know, and if the people in your life aren't serving you and they're not filling up your cup and they're not getting you excited and you, you know, like when you left here, like I was so amped up about what we talked about. Like I could hardly sleep. I was just like, my brain was exploding, but right. all right, you guys, Hang on, let, me, let me do a quick yeah, plug for us. Ahead. Uh, so we, we teach sushi classes. That's our kind of what it boils down to. Um, our traditional cut and roll class, if it's something that you're interested in, is a two-hour experience where we come in, we take over your kitchen, teach you all the sushi uh, tips and tricks, skills. We cover sashimi, nigiri, traditional rolls, and specialty rolls over the course of two hours. It's a lot of fun. costs $70 per person, and we take care of everything door-to-door. -door. All you need to do is be the show up with uh, an empty stomach, an open mind, and be the host with the most. And if that's something that sounds interesting to you uh, and you want to dive into it, uh, mention that you heard about us on the, the MelFit podcast and give you a 10% discount on your whole order uh, because we love we love supporting local and we want to make sure that you guys are getting uh, the best sushi has to offer. Um, but And also, we didn't talk about it, but we're wearing the, we're wearing the headbands and this is like our, our signature thing is everybody has to wear the headbands. And all right, Mel, tell me, tell me, how does that headband feel? I feel like the freaking karate kid right now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But yeah, we're uh, razor focused on creating sushi experiences that are going to leave your friends and family totally blown away and uh, leave everyone with a, an awesome, awesome memory and an awesome experience. Do I get to keep the headband? Yeah. That's pretty so cool. what's the deal? Do they buy, what's the sushi kit? Uh, so our, our sushi starter kits, our first product and it's coming out here. It was supposed to be out already, but contract manufacturers, yeah, don't get me started, but, uh, it's going to be everything that you need to be successful rolling sushi at home. It's going to come with five things. It comes with the chopsticks, soy sauce dish, chopstick rest, bamboo mat, and the headband. Personally, I think the headband is the most important piece because it keeps the hair out of your eyes, keeps the sweat off your brow, and you look devilishly handsome doing it. I love it. This honestly, this is like the best logo it's so, I've seen. It's so soft. It is soft. It just it's like, like mm, soft. It's incredible. So, but all right, all right. Well, this has been awesome. Yeah, we could probably so talk for forever, me. so we're gonna <laughs> yeah. have to schedule another podcast. Thank you, Josh, for filming this podcast. I don't think we need an edit. Are we pretty good? I think we're good. Boom. No edits. I, I didn't even know if this guy needed any notes. He's like a natural speaker. Um, it's been amazing connecting, inspiring, and motivating you guys. Share the show, like the show, follow us on YouTube, listen to us on whatever uh, social media platform that you like to listen to podcasts on, and we'll see you guys on the next Melfit podcast. Hope you had a good long walk. Bye. Thanks, Isaac. Oh, thank you.